Hey, welcome to the cul-de-sac, an amalgamation of ideas and synaptic connections from our brains to yours. Today I'm joined by Riley Hansen, a painter who lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He was born in Akron, Ohio, and we met at the University of Michigan in 2014, maybe 13. We made a lot of collaborations together as students, videos, and street performances, and we had a good time. Today, Riley's practice spans painting, writing, and videos, which he uploads to YouTube. His paintings, buck style, and subject matter, he takes on a wide range of topics, from the selfies of emo kids and the early aughts, painted in a loose, fuzzy style, which were paired with the works of James Gregory Atkinson in RAR Means I Love You and Dinosaur, organized by Daisy Sanchez at Lubov in New York, New York in 2019. Large-scale fruit roll-up paintings presented in pouring rain at Gallery Bypass, a solo show in Detroit, Michigan, and expressionistic ducks paired with a portrait of a lookalike of Tom Cruise, presented at No Place Gallery in Columbus, Ohio in 2018. The following conversation is unscripted, unedited, and if you make it to the end, you get a prize. I hope you enjoy it. It was certainly great catching up with an old friend. Making a lot of videos ever since. Recently I haven't been making so many videos, but for a period and like when I first moved to Philadelphia, but I would never make them public for like, I, like, and I don't know how you are like, I mean, obviously everyone who makes any sort of content, yeah. but specifically something that's like for, uh, I, I guess like an internet platform. I mean, I guess in my head, I was thinking I was saving them for like a, a more proper, like, I don't know, exhibition, but, or, or some sort of like realization into like maybe a more like sculptural, um, like form, but that really wasn't happening. So it felt like it, and obviously like, I don't know, the nature of like the starting of quarantine, it seemed like, I was like, why am I, why hold these back? Like, why not let, why would I keep these private? Who cares? Like, it's like, you know. Yeah, actually, I'm just gonna say it again because I think I just hit the recording button. But you were ta- we're talking about these videos that you uploaded to YouTube, that are performance videos. They're they're they're. I mean, I watched the one where you're interviewing that dude is like my neighbor's an artist too, where the guy uh, smashed oh, yeah. the wall. That uh, was yeah. That yeah. one was from Ann Arbor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then the these new ones that are these new ones or newer, the ones that are filmed in Philly, are these in your new studio space? Well, there they... was, yes, there was a lot that were filmed in the first studio that I moved into in Philly, mm-hmm. um, which was like a warehouse. And then there was a sort of series that I was working on where, and I don't know how many of them are actually, there's a few of them that are in my friend Alex's house where we were doing this sort of project that was like, I was like 
would he would be out of town or something and I would stay at his house and just make videos in his house sort of mm-hmm. so a few of them are that's where that like uh that kitchen kitchen area is the yeah crazy kitchen shelby area yeah oh no 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 the, the oh, red okay. room was yeah. in my house oh yeah. okay that space was cool i really like yeah. that space that and was so cool yeah you're saying um you just kind of uploaded all these when quarantine started that's actually something i wanted to ask you about it's like uh i i like share all of my work basically because i feel like i live in ann arbor and don't show it very much to anyone so it's like i have to post it to like get like any interaction with with anything at least i feel i do uh then whenever you do post i'm like oh shit i know he's got like tons of paintings squirreled away somewhere but like i see only a few of them so yeah if you want to talk about your like i don't know you you, are you gonna post more or like how do you think how do you think about posting do you have like things to talk about in that way well I don't know. I mean, I definitely, um, I feel like a similar way, like, I think, I mean, just for so many people, like, that's really that your only outlet, like, unless, I mean, if you, I guess there's this idea of, like, you have, like, an impending show or, like, an upcoming show, it's sort of, like, it's easier to maybe say, okay, like, I'm making this work and it has, like, it, it like, has an outlet Mm-hmm. like forthcoming or something and yeah you want definitely see it all together too i mean like the benefit of putting it all out in like proper gallery documentation form is that you get the context of all the other works together and they build and i think that's i mean like your shows that you've done they always seem like the environment's really important yeah and i guess that's the difference is like you know well I, I mean really like painting is hard because like so often it's um not like necessarily like singular like there could be like a, a, a semi-seriality to a group of paintings but for the most part most painters who have big painting shows it's like you know, you you could essentially see them in a format of like, here's one painting, like image posted. Here's another one. Like, I mean, obviously seeing paintings in real life is like a whole nother experience, but in terms of like maybe conceptualizing, there's only like a few sort of like instances of like that not being true. Like something comes to mind of like this painting show Calvin Marcus had where it was like the walls were covered with panels and each panel is like blades of grass and then like interspersed would be sort of like a portrait of like a soldier like crudely drawn and that was nice because it was really felt like a like things like that are like painting installations I guess yeah beyond like the sort of way we digest sort of singular images right but but I also you know I also love singular images and I so I guess it makes it easier for like that kind of work like mm-hmm. but then like the necessity I guess of a show would be then to <clears throat> think of like more complicated things because even like how you know people what's happening now with like online viewing rooms and websites like I always laugh at that term it's like it's like it's a freaking website 
Yeah. And online viewing room. Yeah, and it's like you're not, you're obviously not gonna see an installation on there. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you, I've never actually looked at one. I guess there could be a photo of a installation or something, but. Yeah. But in a way that's like all Instagram is though too. It's like an online viewing room of a sort of open source community, I guess. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these, so you've been filming these vids. You still write a lot, I assume. You're writing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I sent you, I just finished this chat book of poems. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, cool. I sent it to you a while ago, but, um. Wait, did it come in the mail? Oh, no, 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 no. It was like an email. Oh, shit. I don't think I, I don't think I got it. Oh, I'll send I'll try and send it to you again afterwards. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. I, yeah, always, um writing there was a cool thing one of my old professors from umich started this big um sort of like email uh, group and she would give a prompt every day and then everyone would write a poem it was kind of like it was it was like cool i definitely a lot of people had a lot of energy at first but then those things kind of like move away yeah deteriorate over time so this was something that like continued on after school people like continued to write into it yeah it was a it was a crazy group too because there was a lot of like just like old students but also just like friends other teachers oh cool i think ann carson was in the group she never wrote a poem but she was in the group yeah um (laughs) i don't know those things feel cool i mean that's another thing Writing always I've liked in tandem with painting because it's much harder to sort of um, get yourself out there. And it seems that the easier it is to sort of like expose yourself or show yourself, like the less like complicated or important I sometimes tell myself that it is. Like I oftentimes Mm -hmm. will think how, you know, bad painting is because of how easy it is all all around like i mean easy to easy to produce for you or well easy to produce easy to digest which i mean in in like my sort of contradictory sense that's why i love painting though too because of its accessibility Mm -hmm. but i do enjoy with writing that it's i don't when it's like more it's harder to like there's no like temptation of like putting it all out there in I mean I guess there are ways but I definitely have not like I mean you people use it's like a different yeah your writing is pretty stream of consciousness a lot of times or is it the stuff I at least I'm judging this on the YouTube videos I was watching because I haven't seen the chat book yet but like uh I, I'm trying to guess I'm figure I'm trying to figure out what you're saying is in like writing for you is like a private journaly place is that what you mean by private or, well not necessarily journaly yeah. but it is a little bit more um, intimate in the sense that like you know if I do write like you know I have like a project of say like a novel like you know the only one way anyone is ever going to access that especially now is like if i send them send it to them 
-hmm. and also if they take the time to to read read, you know so those barriers in place kind of um make it this strange thing where it's harder to like um i guess like associate my identity like or like something like it's it's not something well you pretty much you identify as a painter i don't know identify you know i always i feel like we were always kind of bucking that term anyways yeah i mean i identify i mean definitely like i mean that's what sort of like socialized me to art and you know mm-hmm. everything and you're just great at, at it it seems like you can just kind of pick up a brush and create i mean like you're a great draftsman for a lot of the time you know like i'm like i'm thinking of that painting of the of the like devil you that you made in your house you know talking what i'm talking about like you're like you're like you were like a devil or maybe it wasn't you i always thought it was kind of you like it's like this uh it was hanging in your house when you lived in ann arbor you were like a I don't know. You made this devil painting, or like a little cherub kind of guy. It was like a cherub devil. Yeah. And you just like whipped it out in like two days or something. I don't know. And it was like an it was like an oil paint, a realistic oil painting in that kind of way. More not realistic, but. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember yeah. you talking about. It was yeah, like, like a classical style. Painting. Yeah, it was like a remake of a Rubens yeah. painting yeah. or something. And since this is audio, we should like talk about how your paintings look. I'm gonna obviously link people to your site, but um, your work doesn't really, like you, you kind of box style in a lot of ways. Like you, you move from these grim reaper or these skeleton figures with knives in their mouth and cartoon flames and with hot dogs into a massive expressionistic ducks and a photo of Tom Cruise, <laughs> famous Scientologist. And then your next show, you're painting fruit roll-ups, large, large fruit roll-ups, quickly done in, what is that, oil paint? Was that, yeah. And uh, then onto these, I mean, like, so then emo, the emo show, the RAR means I love you in dinosaur show that you did at Lubov. I mean, it's kind of these back back to these portraits of of kids who are emo. But like that that where did that impetus for the for the emo emo kids come from? Well, I, I think, I, yeah. I, well, I saw that first emo picture in your show at Kamihara. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I think always like as I was saying earlier, like I mean, being a painter, but then also like I think how I think about myself as a painter is not a painter at all because like I think moving into art making I was never really like an artist as a kid I always was like a a wrestler you know right so I even as like a painter you know when we first met and like I you know I didn't feel like I was really any of those things and so that kind of like the painting then allowed this sort of, I felt free to move from painting then to like performance and things like that. And so I think I've always thought about painting in relationship to performance, like, you know, specifically thinking of like action painting and then Caprow and then like 
I don't know, Robert Smith. It's like the like into these wor- like more far-reaching uh, worlds. And so, like the emo kids, I guess in a way was uh, this sort of interest with like a sort of performance of identity internally, and then its representation being a very external sort of like aesthetic idea. Um, sort of lending itself then to the image and sort of performing for the image and then sort of mm-hmm. obviously painting being about the image. Uh, yeah, I mean the portraits are all they seem, they're, they seem as if they could be selfies and I mean that's like the documentation of this, the, the emo culture. It's always like a mirror pic post on MySpace. Yeah, post and on- it was like the first time people were really performing for the internet and performing for camera and representing, like re-representing themselves in a, like a new way. And a lot of people found like their sort of themselves or their community through that. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a, it, it felt like something, it felt like being a like a part of it in a new way. To make the paintings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt like um, sort of maybe a uh, reverie or like a reverie. Yeah, yeah like I mean yeah. that was like a common practice amongst kids too was to to draw like their favorite lead right. singer or like you know it it kind of like you know I mean deviant art is full of like stuff very similar to that almost for the same reason. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, just a sort of like, and I think that's what I mean. There's something like about um, those works is like there's something like like cut and dry about their sort of like I don't know like politics in a way where it's like you either like like emo kids or you don't, and like yeah, it's yeah. like you know if you don't then you probably don't like those paintings or like oh i don't know also yeah. i don't care or like or like yeah. not like you but just like in general like no yeah i know what you mean i think um i i do wonder that too like does does painting always get married to like its subject matter like if you're not into if you're not into the imagery of the painting can you still like enter that painting like i think that's why so many people outside of the quote-unquote art world are like what the fuck about abstract painting I mean they wouldn't look at it they don't unless they're like hanging out with Young's ideas and are really like conscious about on like unconscious like subconscious stuff like I don't think I, I mean I don't know like certain people I know who aren't into art just they can't engage with it because they just can't find that entry into the subject matter. Like, does painting does painting always have that hanging over it, or does all art? Especially when you're not a painter, too, because I can kind of understand that, like, going through a phase of saying, okay, I'm not a painter, I'm not an artist, to coming to a point where I say, okay, I am a painter, I am an artist, but what what kind of painter, what kind of artist I am, I think in responding to those questions it was sort of like a trying on of different shoes like you know Mm -hmm. I would maybe go to the studio and make an abstract painting and say like oh so this is what they it was like a way to sort of maybe try and understand 
other abstract works. And I think it did really like, I mean, engaging with that, the process of making something that's maybe dealing with abstraction lets you understand, lets you into like a, a little bit of what it might be like to make something. But, but exactly, if you don't have that sort of like yeah. research for yourself, it's, it's hard to just like, yeah. I mean, like I think of it as like people engage with golf. Like if you're not a golfer, you're not really gonna admire someone's stroke. Well, I've definitely, I mean, I have my quarrels with like abstraction and formalism for those very reasons, because I think- Before we jump into that, I just want you said something about how you changed how you view yourself, like from, you weren't identifying as a painter and as an artist, but now you do. What, what changed? Well, I mean, even like as, I, I mean, I remember when I was like, I want to be like a painter, but like it, in my mind, I could only really conceptualize it as like, I want to be a painting professor. Like I, I didn't even really mm -hmm. like understand what this gallery system selling paintings. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know. I mean, I just was like sloshing like paint around and like, like I, I don't, I had no idea. Like some of the first paintings I was making were just, I, it was just sort of like a, it was like what everyone else in like the classes were making. It was kind of like everyone was just like, because I think like they had the same direction from the same teachers, but I, mm -hmm. something about the process was very freeing. And then it wasn't until really we, you know, went to Ireland, we went to Ireland together to study abroad and mm -hmm. started wrestling paintings that I, even felt some sort of like response that it was like this is you're doing something that's like interesting or something and then i was kind of like oh okay we should add the end of this you're wrestling paintings you were you were making paintings that were about the size of you like five six five four five five size i mean they were like they're like human sized paintings yeah 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 and then you were carrying you were carrying them out into the field and, and wrestling them and i helped you film it <laughs> and then you came back to ann arbor that year and did this giant production in the Duderstadt Video Center with a whole ring and everything. And yeah. had this manifesto that you read about the act of painting and you wrestled this giant painting and Sam Saunders, who's a piano wizard, yeah. made uh, some killer soundtrack to it. Really? I recently rewatched part of that and it's really, I don't know. Something I don't, you know, it really happened in such a crazy way. Because to do that, like, I mean, it is obviously the, I think, to the benefit of being in school and like having just the a, access, yeah, yeah, the network of people. I mean, to have worked with Sam, to have worked with you, to have had mm -hmm. people so willing to sort of be a part of something. Um, do you have that trouble with that now? I mean, like just finding collaborators. Um, no, I think you know. Now I have, I mean, I think for myself, because I know that, you know, I, obviously the world is like a very real. I mean, like right now it's hard to collaborate with that. Oh, go ahead. Capitalism is very real. So I, I definitely tend to, when I work with somebody, want to try and um, help them out. Like, you know, mm -hmm. especially 
even if it is like 50 to 100 dollars um and i think even for myself doing that investing that into the work gives it like a little bit more risk um yeah it may, raises the stakes yeah exactly um uh, but you know i i really think it is like about you know oftentimes now i work with my friends i've sort of been working on a prod of a series of photographs where i've been working with my friends and sort of doing these um little smaller scale performances that sort of uh are documented through photography cool. um, and that so i don't i mean in that sense it's sort of but that took a while to sort of happen here like for a while you know relocating and being a part of a new community it sort of took a little while and i think that's where a lot of those videos really were like born out of was this sort of like isolation of me and my house like they were always like there's like a good chunk of them that were just literally about me being like alone or something in yeah my house and falling like, into the bathtub yeah, <laughs> trying to yeah. open your eyes <laughs> so i laughed at that video yeah 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 but you have a i mean comedy at least in your performance work and i mean in your paintings too a giant hot dog is pretty funny comedy comedy runs through your work yeah definitely um i mean i don't know i like think i don't know like i remember us like listening to like andy kaufman in your car and yeah, it was trippy. We were really something, sound. Yeah, yeah. There's something, like, really profound about, like, realizing, like, that kind of humor that's, like, so close to the sort of, like, like fear almost or something. And, yeah. And I guess Something that's, I like about humor, like, I'm trying to use it more myself. It, it, when you make someone laugh, it's, like, involuntary. Like, they just start laughing. They don't even know why they're laughing. Yeah. And then that's like a space for them to think about something else. Yeah. Why am I laughing will enter their mind. But it is strange. I mean, I oftentimes see a lot of works that like just feel like maybe there's like a difference between something like being funny and it being like a joke. Like, yeah, I oftentimes see a lot of like works or paintings that that feel really like calculated as like a a joke and the punchlines a little too at the forefront yeah yeah and it it just like falls maybe flat in that way like i like things that are like i guess it's hard because there's like a contradiction in the unself-awareness but like i don't know if you know the painter karen klimnik i'm not familiar no she makes like tell me about her she makes like these amazing paintings like she painted like leonardo dicaprio and she painted sort of like models and fantastical scenes like nature and sort of things but they always have like these hilarious titles like there's one of like um like a model like sitting or like reaching into the back of like a car and it says like me reaching for like the pliers to go cut the gate to like some place or it'll be like a model with like a cat and it'll say like me in russia or something like they're just like really like subtly like funny like fantastical jokes almost like only to herself or something but then they yeah almost like a caption to a photo too it sounds like yeah yeah but there's like clearly like a a, like a a dis like a disjointed like thing happening 
Yeah, I mean, I guess like fantasy is like funny in that way. Like when someone like really, I don't know, like there's like honesty can be, I guess, like funny in like a really sort of like almost endearing way. Like it's like funny, but you're not like laughing. You're like almost laughing at how like brilliant they are. It's like yeah, right, you know, yeah. It's not like oh. Give an example. Or something come to mind. I I mean. Because I feel like I know what you're talking about too. I just the can't. best way I could describe it is in it's like antithesis, which would be something like Tim and Eric, which I I don't like because I think they're replicating something that I think is the actual like. Mm-hmm. That's like the nugget of brilliant like. Almost like, do you, are you on TikTok at oh. all? Yeah, I mean, a little, yeah. Well, I find TikTok maybe it has that, or uh, like some of the TikTok, some of the TikTok pranks that people make, and these are all like you know, twelve-year-olds to seventeen-year-olds. They're uh, they're really funny in that Tim and Eric way, but they are more legit because they're like, they don't. It's not. It doesn't have the same setup. Like there's no studio behind them. They're just like doing it, yeah. Right, it's, it's just, just like, like it's part of their like routine almost for well, this for this app. That's what's like funny. I mean, I've all, I've had a tough time thinking about video recently because oftentimes I find that the most compelling, you know, um, progressive like cool works are happening like on YouTube, on TikTok by people who aren't artists. Mm -hmm. And then now when I see like an artist make a video that's like, ooh, like look how weird I am. It's like, no, it's like, this is not, you're not actually like weird. You're not actually like, you know. It's contrived. Yeah, it's like, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know how, I mean, it's, Obviously, like, you know, even someone like Ryan Tricart and like when he was doing that, like it, it was like when like Family Finds Entertainment first came out, like he seemed like he was really just making YouTube videos. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that and that's why like that work is what it is. But I think like since then there has you know, there's been a lot of that sort of like set the stage for like here's what like art can be. And now there's like sort of a limbo. But I don't know, I mean, when I went to like the Whitney Biennial, um, what was it, like two years ago, every video work was so serious. There was no- Yeah, I no saw that show. At all. No, it was like, which I found very strange and sort of unsettling. Like, it, yeah. I feel like the only thing that was funny was like Alex's work, maybe, I don't know. His comedy, he, he does have comedy in his work where it's- Alex who? Alex DeCorte, 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 was he on the Whitney, wasn't he in that Whitney Biennial video show, or are you talking about a different show? He was in a Dreamland Oh, you're right, Dreamland show. Okay, so this is separate, this is separate. Maybe there was some funny stuff at the Dreamland show, though. The Dreamlands was cool, there was some cool, I don't, I remember, yeah, his work, and then there was a ballet by... uh, Oh, that dude, yeah, I'm not sure, yeah, what's his name? He had all the giant... Costumes. Yeah, costumes. Yeah, that yeah, was that amazing. Was um, that was really yeah. amazing. Yeah, so this know. Whitney show, I didn't see it. I didn't go. So I didn't see it. But 
Or what did I go? Was there a can? Was that the one where there was the Julian Schnabel candle? Was that the Whitney? No, it must not. Have. I missed it. I haven't been to New York in like two years. I've been uh, slacking on going. Yeah, New York is a weird place. I mean, that's why, like, Philadelphia is cool in the sense that it has a similar, like, isolation that, like, the Midwest has, mm -hmm. but, like, it's really accessible. To, like, Jump on a train, you're in New York in an hour, hour yeah. and a half. But it, it, and, but, like, even in, I mean, I don't know, I would imagine for even people that live in New York, it's, like, you know, isolating like in terms yeah. of like the art world like, especially now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you can't go yeah. out i mean the art where the art i've been watching all these uh lately brad tromel videos you're familiar with that dude yeah um and so it's making me just like i'm like okay i'm never gonna i'm never gonna have a gallery show and that's cool i don't think that i don't like it just seems like the art world is going i mean when he when you listen to his videos like okay the art world is a giant multi-level marketing uh pyramid scheme and it's kinda, it's just gonna once once uh americans or just the world wakes up and is like hyper global capitalism sucks we don't want this anymore like the whole art world is just gonna collapse and i mean the gal I, it's it's like um I don't know. There's a lot of good small project spaces that are just evaporating right now, you know? And like, so like, there's like, I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts on this kind of, how do you view the art world now? Well, it's so hard because like so many people, so many young people, like obviously myself included, are really desperate to one, be like financially stable just in general. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two, to have that, be like making be a product of making art yeah just totally devoted to their art selling it yeah. yeah and the reality is is that like it seems like with that sort of factor and then you know the the like art world essentially be like selling the idea of that like it'd be really hard for it to go away like even in thinking like I don't know. Yeah, some completely talk, away. Some people talking like, I like you know like oh will like New York galleries ever open? Will people ever go to them? And I, I just can't help but think that like yes, yes, totally. Because the people who are going to those shows are not. I would say almost a majority of them aren't going there like especially to like openings mm -hmm. to like see the work only. It's like a lot of times they're going there to try and smooth and like you know or just like yeah socialize with other artists exactly and meet people and and there's no and um you know I, I like that just like won't go away unless there's like another outlet for that but there's just mm -hmm. so many people that move to new york hoping what do you think about this system where it's set up to where I mean, not every opening is going to be like this, but I think of any sort of, well, you said the word schmooze, which is an interesting way of putting the meeting, meeting folks, or do you mean like, you're just like, instead of, when you say schmooze, do you mean trying to meet other artists or more try to meet collectors or gallerists? I mean, I would say like, obviously like whatever you you can't you're you're yeah. going there to you're going there to network yeah to meet people to, yeah. whether it you stumble upon and happen to meet you know 
whoever. Yeah. Right? And a lot of times it is friends. And I think that's, I mean, that is the strength that like New York has is like, I know a lot of the people that live there have really strong friend groups. And like, mm-hmm. there are friend groups who sort of like run the game or something like, you know, it's like, there is like the cool yeah. kid crew and they go to the cool kid places. And like, sure. that's, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, I, and I yeah. guess like in a weird way, it's such like subtlety in those things that like, just even knowing like about it. But like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like hard, like, I don't know anyone who just goes to places and just like, talks to anyone up. like that's like a crazy thing like, oh just like goes in and like says hello to whoever's yeah, there like i've been trying that i mean detroit's detroit's art scene is pretty clicky and it's even i mean they're not even really i don't think there's i don't get it because they're not like you know they're not selling a lot of work they're not they're not like i find it to be hard to enter it because i find when i go there i'll just like start talking to someone and they'll kind of give me a funny look for a little while there's been conversations and I'm just like, okay, no, I'll see you later then. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like, um, I feel that less when I go to New York, a lot less. Like, I feel like people are really willing to just. Yeah. Blast, well, I think like, there's maybe more people, more people in like a yeah. similar situation. But Detroit seems weird because it seems like a lot of New York has infiltrated it to where yeah, like yeah. much of it's like. It's interesting though, too, because I, maybe just from my vantage point, it's, it's not so much people from out of state it's a lot of people from suburbs of Detroit like I'm from it's, they, they're there now and they've been there for like 15 years and so they kind of they get this chip on their shoulder yeah I can see that it just happens a lot it's, well and that's I mean even like I mean it's true almost kind of what you're saying where like even for myself it seems like I've had better success like meeting and talking with like people in New York rather than like say the Midwest or somewhere because they I don't know maybe they're more protective of like this sort of thing that they have in places like yeah Detroit I or it's a strange type of, it's a strange way to protect it yeah because it's like it just kind of insulates it and a lot of those I don't know if those like certain galleries are going to open back up like after this or I don't know. Into, I don't yeah, know what Detroit, the right yeah. run because runs now is actually going up in Detroit too. Yeah, it's like cha- changing the the game. Well, it is. I mean, it is really wild. I mean, even like I'm was reading this book about Caprow, and it's just like there were so many more artist-run spaces in New York, and like mm-hmm. granted, there there are artist-run spaces, but like they seem fucked up. They're still trying to like sell work. Like they still. I mean. I, I, how do you pay rent for a gallery unless you are independently wealthy or have another job mm-hmm. or are selling work like in right in, yeah I've gotten into a weird I don't know if this has ever happened to you or like there's there's a place that I'll just name because no one listens to this anyways this Chinatown soup place where Mark Ferraro had his show his okay yeah show. it's in he like put, a market it's like in a crazy mall I think I think it's uh, I don't know where it is. I've never been there physically, but he put me in touch with their yeah. gallery person. Yeah. And whatever. And I was like, Hey, what's up? Uh, you want, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just looking to show work and trying to be. I don't know. I don't even know how you start these processes. Sometimes you just say, yeah. I've got work. I'd like to show it. Is there room yeah. in your 
in your space to do it. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And we had this phone call, and she was like, kind of like really praising the work a lot. And then like, yeah. And then um, we had this n- another phone call, and then, or maybe that praise was over email. But we had this phone call, and then she was like, so it's gonna cost sixteen hundred dollars to rent the space for a week. And I was like, I thought. And then in their mission statement, it's like. We're supporting artists, like we want to support emerging artists and all this shit. And I'm like, uh, okay, bye. And she was kind of like offended that I was just like, okay, bye. <laughs> but I, I wonder, like, it seemed in my interactions with certain project spaces, it's been that where it's like they're gonna charge the artist to br- both yeah. bring in their work, mount it, show it, and then ex- I mean, in that case, I don't think they were gonna take any money if you sold pieces there. God, I would hope not. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> it's like that model doesn't work. <laughs> that model yeah, doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, and uh, well, it's interesting here in Philadelphia. There's a strange, a thing that I never experienced in Ann Arbor, or Detroit, which is like sort of the like a collective that's like based on exhibiting. So it's like you pay a fee to be. Yeah, in that the makes group. more sense to me. Yeah, definitely more than but like just a garden in, co-op. But just in general, though, it's like then if that's how you're running your programming, then there's obviously going to be holes in yeah what you're and showing. People aren't going to get shown. People who yeah. aren't paying that fee. Or what is the fee? If it's over like a hundred dollars a year, it, yeah, it sound it's like it's that's still a lot for people who are trying not to have a day job and just work on their art all the yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, it is really crazy. It's crazy to know people that are like having success with it all, but then to also really like recognize how insanely unlikely it is to like to pop into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's like a, that's what I mean when I now. That's why I also I'm just like, okay, I'm not. I don't, I'm almost like, do I even see myself in the gallery system? And like, how do you, I don't think we've built that model yet as, as artists. Like a lot of the pod, like the Deep Color podcast I listen to, they barely talk about how the market just kind of, I mean, it defines a lot of people's entire careers. You get these artists who will do like just never ending series of the yeah. same work for forever. Cause that's what's selling for them. I mean, especially now more than ever, like it used, like now, Hauser and Worth is representing Nicholas Party, who I think's work is totally empty. And like, what? How? Like, however many years ago they were representing like Mike Kelly or something. Like, yeah. There, there's like, and, and had, that yeah. is largely due. I mean, people like Dan Colin, I don't know, even like Sterling Ruby, or it's like completely propped up by the market. Like yeah. they, they, you know. There's a lot of, I mean, there's so many different ways you can strategize. And that's part of the problem is, is like a lot of people just don't know. Like if your family wasn't involved in collecting or these sorts of things, or mm-hmm. you don't know people or you haven't been guided, it's like you would never know. I mean, people do crazy shit. They'll like buy their own work or something. And like- To increase I, the value, yeah. I, have, I mean, that whole world is crazy. Yeah. Brian Donnelly, the guy at Cause, yeah, his, uh, his I forget the name of the gallery, but I I was hearing that his like this is in the Brad Schrammel video too. 
his he basically was this huge collector from that gallery that he's now represented by and so essentially you know kind of like the gallery represents him now because he's he's put millions of dollars into their program yeah that's i mean it's that's so what scares crazy. me about the future of like art well and that's just reality too i mean even to be like even to invite like blue chip galleries to look at you like your work has to be shown that it's able to be sold at like a certain like you know what i mean it's like pedigree Prominence. yeah like yeah you can't just be like kind of sounds like I'm you're talking about royalty when you say i've heard these words being thrown around like casually like like jessica silverman her her gallery talks of like her gallery description is like we represent artists of a certain provenance i'm like oh you have royalty in your in your uh, in your midst totally it's strange well i mean yeah exactly and that's what happens when i mean even just like I mean, this is like no secret, but like, I mean, oftentimes you talk to certain gallerists, dealers, directors, curators, and it's a really empty, like I've had a lot of studio visits with, you know, people who are like successful gallerists that like, it's like, I we can't, we can't even like really talk about art. Like they just don't, they, or we just don't engage with it in the same way. And it is like really frustrating because it's like, it makes it, it makes like you feel that it really is all kind of random and happenstance and, and not necessarily about like um, the strength of work or the complexity of work or the sort of, um, you know, those sorts of things and but, the poetry you know, be, of it or they're just I don't know I get a lot of like I mean my work is deeply connected to just how to me figuring out like what I, I find life very mysterious especially more so especially after I've been doing more psychedelics now and so things just things seem very random already to me, to me and strange, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole idea that we were born into reality <laughs> this reality yeah is super trippy. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, ingest psychedelics? <laughs> yeah, I definitely have had a, a few periods of um, that being a big influence on my life. Um, acid, mushrooms, everything? Both, yeah, acid, yeah, both. mushrooms, uh, like Here. research chemicals, 2CI. More. Um, I take Kratom. Okay. Nearly every day, smoke weed, not as often, sort of minimal. Um, mm -hmm. So those things, I mean, I definitely like, I mean, those have had a profound effect on my socialization and like, I think just coming to terms with, yeah, like the yeah, this reality is itself. Have you ever experienced ego death? Like total obliteration? I've never had either. I think, I'm, just, I'm curious I mean, about I, it. I think I've like understood it and been really freaked out. Like, I, oh, yeah. I you know, I've that, I like it ne didn't maybe necessarily happen, but I maybe came close enough and, mm -hmm. and it was like, it wasn't like, I remember it being not, I was scared, but I wasn't like having a panic attack, but it, it was mm -hmm. like, I, it's like I learned something that I could never unlearn. 
and that yeah. sort of freaked me out. But then obviously, yeah, I've had that experience. That that I've had that kind of like on the cusp of it, and it is. I'm trying to like train myself to like when that occurs next time, just to be like, okay, I'm just gonna give myself to this now. Like, yeah, good, goodbye, because I really want to see what it's like. I re I listen to a lot of like Terrence McKenna talks. Yeah, and like Alan Watts. I don't know people like that. So it, yeah. it's 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 it, and like Have you I'm also Tao Lin. No. Oh wait, wait, wait. Tao. No, 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 no. I haven't. He's Let's like a, a youngerish New York writer. He wrote this book called Trip, and he talks about Terrence McKenna a lot and his like yeah. taking. Uh, I'm gonna check it out. It's sort of like a basic introduction to it, but. I remember, I mean, I didn't know really much about Terrence McKenna or any of that stuff, and reading it was, like, cool. I remember being like, this is yeah. um, a crazy thing. You told me you were building an army against God. Oh, yeah. Out of uh, noodle, noodle men, and, uh, and I mean, they're all, they're paper mache figures with noodles glued yeah. to them and beans. Yeah. What, I've almost been are, thinking about just problem? all the work in general, like, being... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe it is like a, like I don't know. I could, I mean, my beliefs and ideals definitely are probably affected by my experiences with psychedelics and things like that, and sort of <clears throat> having somewhat of a religious education, and then sort of coming out of, I, I like a, like a. a starkly Christian Catholic um, dogma religious education and then sort of coming out of that and reconsidering obviously all those um, sort of ideas and then having having a real push away from spirituality and religion and then similarly now sort of a, a resurgence of these ideas I mean <clears throat> I think like very easily like art making and the space it sort of provides is ritualistic and spiritual and yeah I think that's always been at least from my vantage point inherent to your work like your that spirit that that uh I don't know what did you just say the words you just used it seems like that runs through I mean it definitely runs through your videos that, yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking, yeah. I don't know, because I guess before I watched, before we started this conversation, I was watching that video of you with a dinosaur on your head. Oh, talking yeah. Talking about, I mean, it seemed, that's why I think I said uh, stream of consciousness journalistic writing earlier, because that's, that project at least seemed to, to be that. I don't know, your work, when you make videos, it seems like you're trying to figure something out. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I think that's even just like, about self yeah and like championing sort of like maybe the performance over the video itself and part of like why performance i guess is so interesting is because it it really is like an exercise of the sort of the self the like ego in relationship to the, the world life and reality like and that sort of like and then that's like sort of like the coffin thing like realizing that and then using that as a tool like you can put yourself into scary maybe situations what could be considered but like have really profound effects like you know even when we used to do those performances in like the streets of ann arbor like there was something very spiritual about that Definitely. for me because it was like 
here's something that in a certain circumstance I could be really afraid to do or could be really afraid to like be a so like you know I like have this like considering this sort of like I don't know like yeah urgence of like my identity with all this stuff and it, it really freed that I just uh, thinking back on them now and in the mindset I'm in now I, I always think of them as like little blips in like the simulation <clears throat> like this is where this is where I stopped being like going through my day-to-day activities yeah and I'm now performing in public there's a there's a group up the street from us like a neighborhood a neighbor a couple of neighbors who have been since quarantine started just like every Saturday they come out with instruments and do pandemica and orchestra and it's just like oh this is this transforms the entire neighborhood like the whole neighborhood is gathered around them doing this or a lot of people at least yeah and that's the power of performance that is never gonna in some ways I mean just the live aspect when you see it with your own eyes and you're there yeah and you see another body doing it it's like this is real this is real yeah and to be like I guess like relating back to this idea of army against God the army against God would be like against God being a sort of like allegory to like the simulation or the sort of like sort of singular sort of like concreteness and reality and um yeah i mean yeah um i want to be respectful of your time too i think we've got like an hour into this or maybe yeah probably probably right on the hour mark now yeah so um i'm down to keep going but if you if you if you got i wanted to ask you about uh how like moving from your home studio now to a space like having your own space like what has what are the scale changes that have occurred in this space and i'm also i don't know tell me about this moving i find moving to be one of the most stressful things i ever do when i move yeah yeah totally totally um yeah moved um just like not too far maybe like 10 minutes away um had a few friends help me and it was really fun it's always like funny moving artwork because i always feel like i have to like consider them like one it's always a time where i throw out a lot of things but i also like have to sort of be prepared for things to not like make it or something like the to be damaged or like sure you know uh that sort of thing <laughs> i'm now thinking of back to when we moved my studio and i drove oh, yeah. the u-haul truck into someone's someone's bumper <laughs> and ripped it off and then backed the u-haul truck up into another car and drove away thinking i was sly and was gonna get away with it and then the next day steve got a call that well didn't you obviously you told well, he called. He called me. He's like, "Dude, they're call- they're uh, asking me who was driving the U-Haul truck." And oh, yeah. I don't know. Was so basically, yeah, yeah. There was. So no I got way caught. Out. I ended up paying the dude. I paid. I don't know. My insurance. My insurance. I went to the police station the next day with Cecilia's dad. Yeah. And uh, made a report and like covered my ass in that way. But I don't know. Detroit cops aren't gonna look into a parking lot scuffle. Yeah. Usually, they might now. I don't know. But all right, so you moved into this new space, and yeah. what's it look? What's it like? How is it feeling? 
Well, it's walking distance from my house. It's like a larger sort of warehouse, a collective, like group of people doing different things sort of in it. Haven't really seen too many people. Right next door to me is some kid who plays the drums, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't, I don't I mean, I don't really, it's weird, like, it's weird because now I actually have to consider this idea of a studio, like, I was like the other day watching like a Marina Abramovich interview and she was like, no studio, like studios are like the death of like the artists, like no, like in the future we will have no needs for objects or like paintings or anything. And that fits her bill though. Yeah. Majorly. So in like taking that in like a sort of balance, it's sort of like, you know, really been trying to think about how um, like this space exists as a sort of like I don't like a meditative type space like I really have like walking there has been a sort of like interesting time to sort of like consider or prepare whereas like before it might have been like you know wake up like go do some things come back lay down watch a video go there come back and now it's much more like while i'm there i'm like doing stuff and then i leave and your work has uh seemed to have, i mean the stuff you post at least has seemed to have changed too recently where you're making these fantastic fantastical colored pencil drawings and then i just saw that painting you posted that seems to be coming out of that same world i don't know, like these are pencil drawings where i don't know a lot, like the there's an egg on top of a house and this little creature is popping out of it um, the colored pencil drawings were actually made at um, my house okay that was yeah. right that was right before well i guess is that the kind of work you're bringing into the studio now or is it do you have like do you have like are you working in series now? Or are you working just kind of like through a bunch of stuff? Right now I'm kind of working through ideas, like more like broader ideas. Um, like I started making these two by four paintings where I like make a sort of like stacked sort of like totem-like painting, but I've really been trying to yeah. figure out how to make or what kind of like sort of sculptures to make out of them but also like the motifs you're painting on them these sort of like undulating base base like i mean they look like funnels going into funnels it's interesting like i was looking at those and the first thing i thought about was this like quantum theory it's called bundle theory Interesting. I don't know. it's there it's all these like tubes it's the same kind of thing there's this artist I'll, i forget his name right now i'll probably add it in later but um who does who's doing like a similar shape i don't know that shape is is cool on a quantum yeah. level yeah, uh, yeah where yeah. is that where's that shape coming from for you well i think like originally like those shapes being sort of like maybe the more structural elements of them come from like a chair leg or like a sort of ornate uh, like yeah, table yeah. leg but i've really been trying to sort of like <clears throat> i don't add sort of like more symbolic like imagery and start playing with like the sort of fantastical like elements of what maybe could be in those i don't know it's funny i mean i haven't really i've been trying to figure out how i would 
think about those or talk about them. And so the, the book of poems that I sent you is a chapbook of poems that I just wrote called um, A Catalog of Bizarre and Obscure Penile Disorders and Oddities. <laughs> okay. And Have you been of, to the Mung- Munger Museum in Philly? No, the, the Mutter, the Mutter Museum. Yeah, no, Mutter I have Museum. not. I have not. I have a friend that works. I've seen a few videos on it. Yeah. But it is a very, it seems like a very, it's definitely will eventually have to go there. Yeah. But that ti- with a title like that, I mean, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so they're all like imagined, uh, you know, I don't know, just like, it's like your penis turns yellow, it starts talking to you, you grow another one, you it turns into a stone you know they're all kind of like it's like a play like a a mix of things like that and then for some reason i i don't remember what i was thinking about or looking at but i was like you know there's a like sort of idea like within art that like if a a male artist makes anything that's like uh erect like you know it's like an allegory for uh being flaccid yeah art dick in general yeah freud stuff so I just immediately like was like, oh, two by fours. Like, of course, like maybe that's a that could you know I I don't think that that's the read, but it could be. But I think that's like maybe funny in tandem with this uh, book of poems. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to flesh out that. But maybe then like the structures need to be like more haggard or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's new work, so it's gonna talk to you and tell, and then it's gonna tell you like ten years from now what yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So just trying to be free in the museum. The drawings were very, I don't know, came from a strange world. I've never made drawings like that. Dude, I love those drawings. Never made. When I saw those, I was like, this is the fucking shit. I mean, it's very much my taste. Too. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So those are I amazing. I, yeah, I mean, I really think I surprised my. Self. I mean, I was going through this strange point where I really was like championing this idea of the image, like no like conceptualism of material or performance or like it was like all it was really about sort of like the sort of legibility of like an image, like yeah. a, a sort of action or a narrative. Yeah, it's a very, it's a nice window into into your into the subconscious because like. That's what I don't know. My practice is really much that I'm just ripping yeah. with all the drawings. There's I'm just ripping ripping off of like found whatever fig like whatever news image seems to come along. Like I'll just trace the figures from that and then add a bunch of things and like I don't know, building up this repertoire of icons and stuff. Yeah, helps me to chart chart out the mystery of life. Totally, totally. Yeah. It really yeah, and it's yeah. You sort of like it's an easier process of like you know doing something sort of like automatically but within a sort of structure and then at afterwards you're like oh wow like this this came together in a way that i would have never imagined and there's like something really Mm -hmm. powerful were you making them just like sitting down just start with a base like the basic premise and then build it out or how is it how are those arriving some some were like arriving like a full-fledged sort of like quasi image some were like one say like object or something and then like maybe like a background or something came afterwards mm-hmm. um but it well it was weird the first one i made was this like weird like sci-fi like i don't know knight or something like holding a sword yeah and i never really used colored pencils and something that always happens with like painting is like 
I don't know, it was like, it's so much more direct when you have colored pencils. It's like, you put down the blue, you put down the red, now you have purple. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. there's no like, it's it's like less, and you, it doesn't move everywhere, you can't like smear it or like. like yeah, uh, yeah, it's very, it can be very quick to yeah. go out, yeah. And so that was really nice. I mean, I hope obviously to make more of them, I sort of like went through this like pad of paper that I have and um, decided that was a good, breaking point but it, it is difficult I mean that's something I often find difficult is really thinking about my work as like a entire practice or something like yeah I don't what's difficult um before we get into that I was always wondering like do you want you seem to focus on the on the gallery show for the like presentation of your work yeah would you did you do you consider like diversifying into like just, I don't, I don't know, like, I can see those drawings becoming like a really great book. Yeah, I mean, I love books. I like, yeah. you know, I I think well, if there was anything to matter. replace, you know, uh, that world, it, it would definitely be books and printed material because I, I mean, just in general, I mean, I find I'm looking and learning, I don't know, a thousand percent more from books in the library than um, and you know, anyway, once a show is gone, anyways, it, you know, it's in a free port, in a shipping crate. Yeah, <laughs> if it <was> yeah. Bought. <laughs> shipping crate, and if there's a, you know, and hopefully there's a book about it or something. Yeah, and that's yeah, why it's like documentation. Really, you know, I, yeah. I know, I think that that's like a really cool. Or the web. I mean, how do you feel about the web? Like maybe not social media, but like a website. I mean, like I like the websites it. become books now. For I us. mean, I like it. I just think it it can get lost much easier. Like, uh, mm-hmm. there's something like you know something so physical and like, and so oftentimes you have to be looking for it. Like, and the nice yeah. thing with books is you can go to a library and not be specifically looking for mm-hmm. that. That's what the internet's lacking. It's lacking that like bookshelf aggregator of content. Yeah. Like they, I feel like that's why I'm like podcasting because if you just listen to a bunch of podcasts, you'll eventually start to aggregate more things to look at, just because people will talk about it and you can write it down. Yeah. Well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no that. There's not. There's no bookshelf equivalent on the internet that I know about right now. Yeah. 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 And you know, in a strange way, that is that is how books oftentimes work too. Is you'll have some sort of inclination and have one and then read something that you like and then yeah one. Um, but it is it's really sad like I know like there was this group called the Stillhouse group in New York okay um, they were sort of like a so it was like they had a gallery space and it was like two around 2000 like 10 time or something and I mean had some really crazy amazing shows and like a, a lot of them had a lot of success and then sort of like I don't know something like the market for their work sort of like crashed or just sort of like wasn't as strong anymore and then now like the gallery doesn't exist and their website is still up it's like an archive has every show they've ever done Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like you know like if I if I wouldn't have known to like look up this website it would just be sort of like lost in I don't know. Yeah, like so and much, I don't know if there's. I think about in it. general, just so much, so much of the work that artists make just ends up lost. Like, yeah, Bo, Hieronymus Bosch has yeah. only twenty six paintings left. That's so. And crazy. dude is probably popping off. Yeah, and, that's and, another. Yeah. Yeah, 
thinking of that kind of time with your work. Well, and that's why yeah. books are cool too, is because I think that, like, theoretically, they will stand the test of time until they turn um, into compost. Yeah, for more the so than Armageddon yeah. Garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Th I mean. I've been thinking about scales of time. This is another thing I do, I've, I've yet to hear, at least on the stuff I listen to, talked about in terms of art, like scales of time, like 12,000 years. Yeah, 12,000 years ago, there was this there was this group of hunter-gatherers who built uh, a site in Turkey called Gobekli Tepe, and they built it out of limestone, and they buried it on purpose to preserve wow. it. And wow. they were, that was 12,000 years ago. So, in the hopes that somebody would i mean i don't know we don't yeah. know we yeah. literally don't know yeah. we don't even know how, why they built it how, what it was for yeah. it's got some interesting geometrical overlays but like all that stuff is hard to sleuth out because there's a lot of people who are just who are really looking for an advanced civilization so they'll they'll put in a bunch of stuff around it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i've been thinking about art in that terms of scale like that term of scale or of time yeah and i, and I I mean, I think art should be for now and like the work people make should be for 2020 and it should be for like each other, like our communities, I suppose. But then you think about sending a message forward or backwards or... Yeah, I mean, I think something that really happened, I don't know, over like the past like year or two is like, um, I don't like my, I have a great uncle who was an artist and he had a really crazy story. He lived in, rural Ohio and so he's my grandfather's brother mm -hmm. and uh, so he went to school at like uh, in London same school as uh, John Lennon uh, mm -hmm. Liverpool College of Arts oh, wow. met his wife there they moved back to Ohio he became like a city planner and uh, made art and did a lot of stuff and then like in his old age when he was like 80 years old his, his wife had passed away and so he made his house into a gallery and dedicated it to his wife um, oh, wow. molly gallery and so he he wrote a lot of plays and performed these plays in his house and had people from the community in the plays and what and would have art shows and poetry readings and had a garden in the back dedicated to molly and what happened was the city of Strongsville, Ohio, took him to court over a zoning violation, saying that wow. he couldn't have this kind of business at a residential area. And my grandfather, his brother, uh, was a lawyer. So he represented him in court um, to essentially fight this. So they go through the process. What, I, what year was this? This was I, probably early 2000, 2004. Oh, really? Okay. Well, maybe 2000. And then he wrote a play called The Trial. And it was a, 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 like a, a reenacting of the whole thing. And he, so he played himself. Um, somebody played my grandfather. And it was, it's like, and my grandfather filmed it on VHS from no the crowd being performed in his house and it's one of the most amazing like works i've ever seen because it's like here's such these people in this small town that he asked to come together to perform this thing he's like you know 80 something years old like purely for this love there's scenes where he's like 
I mean, he dives into like his own like faults, like him being like an alcoholic. There's a scene where a woman's behind like a drape, talking as if it's his his dead wife, and like wow. he's he's like reckoning with like all these different things, and like they're in the courtroom, and there's someone playing like the Grim Reaper. It's it's really, you know, uncovering this and sort of like it having such a profound impact has really like made me think that even for something even though no one you know no one sees that like for me it being so important is like so beautiful and i could only ever hope to like give that to like someone maybe mm-hmm. in my family maybe my sister maybe my sister has kids or like mm-hmm. you know like like that sort of like intimate relationship being passed on yeah so you have these videos yeah 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 them on cd all right there's a project document and put that up somehow put that together i know i I mean i I haven't figured out how to get them transferred i yeah transferred mail them to me i'll do it for you the dude all right all right i will i would actually do that i think i might even have two copies yeah, but um, I have a lot of material because I have the script for the play. I thought it would be a really amazing thing too. Yeah, once things ba- open play. back up, I'll I'll, yeah. do it for, I'll digitize it for you. Yeah, um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's really unreal, and I didn't really like realize in his house he painted these insane murals. I should send you these pictures. Yeah, definitely They're do. Out of control, crazy, and but they no longer exist. Um, well, it's so interesting that this person exists in your family. Yeah. Because it sounds like it sounds like your direct ancestor in a lot of ways to like to like the art uh, the type of art you make and the type of world you cultivate when you're making art. I mean, you've always create your studio. This will be interesting to see how like you adjust to the studio, like having a separate studio. But like when you're live, you tend to like live within your art production environment. In, in a similar way that he did, he did. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's just an interesting, like, pattern of repetition, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, uh, I don't know, sort of cosmic in that way. And I, I mean, I definitely always enjoy that. Like, I mean, like my stamps thesis, I remember like there was subtle aspects of it that like were about a sort of like conjuring of like Mike Kelly's spirit by like being inside of like a snake that he mm-hmm. potentially would have made. And I wrote this poem for um, an exhibition catalog that accompanied one of um, Alex's show that was about the ghost of, I was like- Yeah, Ray Bradbury, Bradbury. I read that. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I, nothing like directly, but it like, I don't, to just like, he, he was the one who jumped off the bridge, right? Did he, or did he die? Did he kill himself? Ray Bradbury? I don't actually know if he killed I think he just died. Okay. I don't think he killed himself. Okay, he was like a sure. pretty normal guy. Yeah, for sure. Like he had, or at least from what I know. Yeah. Like wrote like, uh, well, that's like the funny thing. It's like, I don't, I mean, Fahrenheit 451 is cool. And Oh yeah, he's a writer, not an artist. There's some dude with the name Ray. <laughs> out there who jumped <laughs> off the Washington Bridge or some other bridge in New York and swam out of the East River in wow. the middle of January and as died. Like a work? Oh, as no. like a death. 
Oh, okay. It's like a death work, yeah, <laughs> similar yeah. to Bastion or uh, Otter sorry. taking yeah. off in his canoe. Yeah. Maybe I mean, they met up. I mean, that's the kind of mystical stuff. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know much about Paul Tech's work, but I have been thinking oh, about yeah. what yeah. my idea of it is yeah. recently, which is I interesting. Picked up one of his books. He was living that hard mystical life. Yeah. And sort of thinking about these works as, you know, I don't know, mystical objects or something. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I, I, I'm like, whatever, Marina Abramovich, when she talks about artists will no longer make objects. That's yeah. so not true. Yeah. Quote, we were making objects 12,000 years ago. We live in a material world. We haven't figured out a way to separate our consciousness from materials yet. Like. Yeah. Once, once the AI comes along and once we have consciousness outside of material confines, like, yes, we will no, no, no longer require objects, but who knows what that'll be like or what that is. Like, right now we live in material world. Like, our yeah. art is going to take material form. If yeah. You can either, even if she, when she's up there being Marina Abramovich as a performance, it's still just material. Like, she is only material. Yeah. She's just, oh, she's like just electrons. Totally, and, and oftentimes there's, yeah, yeah, there's a heavy element of material in the work. And honestly, the works that don't involve material are like, I don't know, like the artists in present, I think are some of, it's like one of the more uninteresting, like, yeah, super, performances. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's hard, like, because it's like, you know, in this sense, like, I do want to communicate to the future. Like, not necessarily, like, the future in such a, like, vague sense, but, like, to the people that, like, know me or care about me and, like, or, you know, because, like, obviously it's it's so... People having, like, these grandiose ideas that they're going to be, like, Van Gogh or something and that, you know, they're going to die and then their work is going to, like become the craziest thing is very unrealistic but like to think that like one of your like ancestors might like stumble upon like a journal you have like is mm -hmm. so it's like i mean that's almost like the reason to do it you know like to yeah. be able to communicate with the future and like that's something like you know obviously Hilma F. Clint just had a huge show and her right. entire work was about it literally not being shown for yeah. however many years. She was really into something called theosophy, which was, uh, I, that is like the most inc like weird, <laughs> one of the more, more weird uh, faith systems I've come across. And that's, they basically think that there are like, sent, like I don't know, infinitely old actual people who live on mountaintops who transmit knowledge like they're the knowers i don't forget what their term for them is but they're like essentially these sages that transmit knowledge they also one video i watched on it they believe that humans came from uh monkeys oh, wait no no no. they they believe that monkeys came from humans rather than humans coming from monkeys like humans it, it kind of connects back to the like the atlantis myth and like this idea that there was this like higher level like higher functioning in terms of consciousness and like what we could do with our brains like more godlike if you will like group that lived in atlantis and then they were drowned 
I mean, the, the story of Atlantis as it's given it comes comes from Plato, and 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 he he tell he he well, it comes from Critias and Timaeus, his dialogue with Plato or whatever. But they, he's like he's like um, basically saying that the, the Atlanteans were gods, and then they didn't care about material things at all. Really, they were just super wealthy, and that was like a nice thing. But as as generations went by and as they mixed more with mortals they became more and more covetous of gold and and like ego things and then eventually that led to their like drowning essentially and people like graham hancock who's this artist author who's really deep in the game of ancient civilization stuff he he'll say like well it was a comet that came down and caused a massive flood and it was like thrown from behind the sun like they never saw it coming and so think of these cataclysmic events so that back to theosophy that like they they they're like okay so some atlanteans lived and they mixed with monkeys and created these like that are they, and they created monkeys by like mixing with lesser humans it gets into really fucked up eugenics shit too yeah and so but it was all started by this Russian mystic Helena Blatoskovsky. I don't know how to say it, but she was like an she was like this chick in New York in the 1800s from Russia, who was there from Russia. Yeah. Who came up with it? Like she she spread the theosophical code about, as if yeah. she said it was transmitted to her, just like um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Helena Helena F. Clint was like these. My paintings are like a a representation of this like transmission of like cosmic code yeah which well, is like and that's yeah. like i mean i guess that's something definitely to consider is that it seems like that like what you're talking about was maybe primarily practiced by high society type mm, no actually th- th- well, i don't know i don't know for sure i'm gonna probably i'm gonna research it more myself but like but, uh, it wasn't it wasn't like it was kind of like a populist thing I, a lot of these religions were actually like there's this part of upstate New York that was it's called the Burnt Over District, and it was like during the during the period the run up to the Civil War, like 1820s to 1850s. There's just this and like incredible amount of religious salatism that came out of Protestantism. Protestantism there, so you get like it's where the Mormon faith began. It's where like Jehovah's Witnesses began. It's where like name a crazy Christian cult. It probably has its roots in that district of New York in the 1800s. And and it also included a bunch of occult things like the Fox sisters who are these, these sisters who created like seances and they were found to be false. Like they were tapping their foot under the table saying that the ghost was tapping and like putting cotton in their mouth and saying it was ectoplasm and stuff. Well, it's funny, like what kind of, uh, I don't know what like urges because like I, that's something that seems really hard to imagine happening now now i think it's like it, it's like such an incredible use of imagination like yeah I, I kind of like i still think art as much as the market is there and as much as it's a thing like art really boils down to like the expression of your imagination and well which is funny because then i mean in that sense the market is really things like that are holding it back totally I, that's how i feel yeah, yeah. I and mean, you get so you get so many artists who are just making the same thing for forever yeah. and they yeah. feel trapped probably i mean it's crazy i mean i don't know i even just like you know any sort of project that we've been talking about like you know i tend to like always not 
be hard on myself, but I am sort of confused because oftentimes what I see having success is very homogenous, singular, or repetitive, and so much of what yeah. I've done is very like broad and like searching and um, I like more. I feel like there's like there's no room. It seems like there's really no room for the seeker within within yeah. the market anymore. Yeah, and and like the real, you know, I don't like. I mean, yeah. It just and it just especially now seems a lot harder to sort of um, be like patient for it. I mean, I was talking, you know, even you know, forty years ago, you know, people just had it was easier to have a more comfortable life. It was easier oh, to yeah. own a home. It was easier, yeah. and when. When those, when you have those things and you're not completely worried about money all the time, it's easier to you know. Yeah, like the idea that the so artist needs to struggle is like yeah, bullshit. It's totally. Bullshit. And our generation owns three percent of the wealth. The generation, our parents' generation. Yeah. At our at their point in our age, they had twenty one percent of the wealth. Yeah, and so in a way, that's like being used against us by galleries knowing how hungry everyone is yeah exactly and literally sometimes yeah 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 and i mean i guess there's <clears throat> sort of a risk for them too because it can blow up in their face but you know it's kind of like now it's becoming less and less likely that really young people are um at, you know quote unquote making it big whereas 10 years ago that was sort of like a really popular thing but that people realized that that wasn't necessarily a like safe market strategy and right bubbles yeah these bubbles speculation bubbles i mean the art that's a sad thing the art market has just become another form of stock trading as you know yeah it's been that way since probably like the 70s I, uh, this, who are the who are the who is the dude that i forget his name the bones the like they have this like skull yeah skull, Ethel, yeah. skull. i watched that documentary about how like they kind of started the speculative art market yeah where they yeah, were I remember seeing flipping like flipping Ro- rochenberg like yeah. ditched them out yeah. yeah yeah well that's i mean that's a crazy thing i think about often too is like you know you read any book from you know the 60s 70s like the galleries that were the big players there they don't exist anymore no so i oftentimes think i mean i you know i think now the the galleries that are very big and very rich are much bigger and much richer than any of those galleries were before but right totally also i mean you know there very well could come a time where Gagosian closes. I mean, what happened? Like, you yeah. know, there's there's definitely situations where people die, and the gallery doesn't, you know, logistically or something, it doesn't find its self in the hands of the right person, and it closes. And mm-hmm. so it's crazy to think that, you know, the landscape that we see is so like solid and like you know Dude, the house yeah. words and the Gagosians that. I- I think if it's a house of cards, I don't think it's solid. Yeah, well, exactly. And that's why it's like, it's wild to think that, um, yeah, those places could be gone. And, but it's also wild to think that they, 
will be replaced. And so I think that's I mean, what I'd like to see happen is just more of a populist, populist, um, and like less hermetically sealed art world emerge. One, yeah. one that has a, just a lot of project spaces with a lot of people who are just like all essentially seekers. Yeah. They're looking for things. They're not like so set. I feel like I'm always very doubtful of people who are like, I really know. Like, yeah. I know, man. Yeah. I'm like, the, I'm like no, you don't. You yeah. don't know. You can't know. How do you know? You yeah. don't know. You just well, you just have chosen <clears throat> to know, usually, those people. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard because it is, you know, it's a great undertaking to start and run a gallery. And um, mm-hmm. it's a, it, you know, e- even from any aspect, it, it, there's a lot of work and organization that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are people who do it with, like, great passion and that's always all i've ever wanted from a gallery is just someone who cares about it as much as i do yeah you know and like i i have had experiences working with people like that and it's really satisfying it's really like a positive thing and they're really working Mm -hmm. um that's what i mean like that's the that's how it should be that's like the most beautiful portion of yeah, I mean, my my friend james who runs no place in ohio is yeah i mean james I mean, like, he's driving all over the country constantly for art. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, I mean, and to think if there were more, and there are other people out there like him and there are other spaces, but, you know, it, it's not as, you know, many as people would think. And because yeah. it is really easy for people to say, I want to start a gallery with the hopes of, like, being really successful, moving to New York and making a lot of money. And yeah we don't need more of those yeah exactly and that i mean that's sort of like a struggle here in philly is you know really if any space here in philadelphia has started having success i mean there's been a few that and then they end up moving to new york or Mm -hmm. uh, yeah they move up the the so the the pyramid (laughs) but um i think what we lack is really like uh, and this is like within the art world this isn't within politics this is within yeah. culture we lack we lack elders who are doing that yeah in a lot of ways like i don't know how, like, what are your experience with people who are established right now as artists like do they do they champion people like james who are driving around like 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 that like people with a lot of resources, are they are they directing their resources towards the people who are do who are like willing to just go in a hundred percent? Yeah. In that way. Yeah, I think in the ways. Um, uh, you know that I, that I guess they can, and everyone's sort of different. I mean, it is sort of hard because at a certain point, it's like your time and the moves yeah, you make are, trying more, to do things are too. more valuable um, or are just are just harder to come by like you know whereas you know we have like a free schedule somebody might be like I'm booked out for four years or something you know and and so that's kind of hard but I think I mean that is like 
that is something that they're, you know, and that is, you know, something that is really important is that it, it should not be a world where the people who are having success are not sharing with other people what or how or, you know, the work, inner workings of things. I mean, the people that are doing that are one, the people who, you know, honestly, in some sense, I want to say didn't even really have to work to get to that point. Like, it, mm-hmm. because the people who had to like, you know, really scratch and claw to like receive that information are like, I want to share this with everyone else because I had such a hard time and I would love to like help somebody else know, you what know, the things that I you. didn't or something. And, sure. That's uh, cool. When you find those people, that's, they're good to keep. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, that is how I think the education system should work. I mean, I, I do think like programs that have heavy visiting artists things that are much more like intimate is really important because it's like mm-hmm. you know now all of a sudden you're getting to sit in your studio and talk to you know somebody who's doing what you want to do and that's like yeah I mean, that's you'll like... learn more from that than anything else mm-hmm. um, yeah i think uh i think we're about ready to reach the end yeah the dead, right. the dead end yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but before we do you got upcoming things you want to talk about or things that are boiling any other final no boiling things no boiling things um yeah cool yeah this was fun this is good i did yeah are you gonna try and edit it down or something i believe we got no no just i view these interview things as uh as archives yeah 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 so yeah it's just gonna basically when we started recording it'll it'll go and I'll, I'll do a little intro so if, um, if you have any have any comments well, definitely there, anybody's a real one who listens to the end <laughs> yeah I get I get a, I have a solid viewing audience of 11 people epic so yeah. honestly I mean that's the real thing I've never really been into podcasts but this idea of it being such a a much more like intimate like circle of people that I know I find so much like I actually want to listen to it you know what I mean like I, yeah like I don't but, I don't know I think they're just nice to have later on. Totally. I think, yeah. And also, I think I don't know, my feelings on podcasting are that it's just a it's just another place to put things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It is like an extension of books and to make that house for your wife. Yeah. To have your plan. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll definitely. I'm trying to print this little chapbook of poems with a friend sure. of mine cool we'll definitely send that to you um, cool but yeah well, well that, we should talk again soon too yeah totally keep in touch i'll send you some some pics of things yeah yeah boil. yeah yeah yeah, stuff, yeah cool man the struggle continues indeed and we're at the we're at the end of the dead end see you later see you later see ya see ya, see ya. <laughs>